Hey Mavens, welcome to the Beauty Mavens podcast. We're so excited to sit down and chat with today's guest. Before we do that, we need your reviews. So this is how people will find us and start also listening to the podcast. So please, please head over and leave us a review right now. It's really simple. And while you're at it, subscribe. Be sure to add your Instagram handle because we're picking a few of you to send some fun prizes to every week. Now let's jump into the podcast. Welcome to the Beauty Mavens podcast. Kristen and Madison are creating a space where the beauty obsessed can feel empowered to dream big and achieve their goals. It's awesome. Interviewing other mavens in the beauty industry to discover their secrets to success and how they got to be the expert that they are. Brought to you by a sister duo of estheticians and entrepreneurs. Here's your hosts, Kristen D'Oliveda and Madison Annis. This week's guest is a boss babe mom, owner and founder of Salon Beleza and Beleza Brow Bar. She has been thriving in the beauty industry for almost 15 years, taking clients regularly in both Utah and Alabama. She served a mission for the LDS Church in Brazil, so she speaks Portuguese, which makes sense that your salon is called Salon Beleza. I know. Is that a Portuguese word? Yeah. What does that mean? Beautiful. Beauty. Yeah. That's uh, pretty. She takes so much pride in Salon Beleza being a place of inspiration and beauty to the community. Currently employs a staff of 22 people while running a permanent cosmetics academy. She has dedicated countless hours to her craft to ensure she brings only the best techniques and products to her students, creating a curriculum for her permanent makeup courses that is unparalleled, with students flying in from all over the country to attend her courses. She has been robbed twice at gunpoint. (laughs) Please welcome to the podcast, Janelle Fitzgerald. Hey, guys. (laughs) Welcome. Thank you. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. I know. First of all, I want to hear... Your gunpoint, being robbed at gunpoint story. (laughs) So I was robbed twice when I was on my mission. So the first time was we were just sitting on the curb, middle of the morning. Three guys came up with a gun. Oh, my gosh. You know, just I my blood went cold. <laughs> Super terrifying. I didn't understand anything they were saying because it was my very first month in Brazil, oh, and it was like super welcome. super scary. <laughs> yeah, welcome to Brazil. But actually, um, and then the second time I was a lot more chill about it. I was robbed even more than that, but just gunpoint twice. So total of seven times on my mission. Oh, all <laughs> in Brazil. Time. Yeah. Oh my god. It was crazy. But the problem is, is that I look American. <laughs> yeah. You so know what I mean? Even when I would dye my hair dark or. You saw those blue eyes and blonde hair that the sun bleaches out, and people are your target. Mm-hmm. But anyway, so there's my adventurous. Oh, I'm scary. so brave. And you just <laughs> give them everything, and they leave. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Oh my gosh. So you've been in the industry for a long time with a very unique start. So can you tell us your story? Yeah, actually, I will. Um, I did not expect to be in the beauty industry. Like all growing up, I had a sister that did hair, but I never, I never. I don't know, it just didn't look like something I would want to do. Um, all through high school, I thought for sure I would be like in environmental science, a park ranger at Science National Park, wearing cargo shorts and driving a Jeep, <laughs> you know, like the whole thing. And then I went and nannied in Alabama when I was 19. Um, and I ended up starting to work at a salon part-time, just washing hair and um, sweeping up, I mean, yeah, sweeping up hair and washing hair and checking out clients. And I loved it. Like, I fell in love with the industry. I was just like, oh my gosh, is this really a job? I get to hang out with girlfriends all day and play nails. And, you know, it just felt so good. And I felt very at home. And it was in a very, um, I don't know, I was at a crossroads in my life, I think. I had come out of some hard things and went into, you know, living there on my own. And I didn't have any family there or anything. And so that salon family became like such an important part of my life and they lifted me and they loved me in a way that I didn't even know was possible from strangers. You know what I mean? So I think from that moment forward, I was like, Oh my gosh, like I have to get in this industry. But to be honest, I never even had a pedicure. Like Mm -hmm. I didn't know I wasn't into the industry. I didn't know a lot about beauty stuff. I wasn't super like chic or anything. So um, and I'm still not <laughs> my dreads, <laughs> but anyway, I, um, the salon owner, luckily they loved me, but she said, how about I teach you how to do nails? You can apprentice under me. I would love you to take clients. So I started doing nails there and then, um, it kind of progressed into makeup and I became a makeup artist. Mm-hmm. And then I realized though, soon after that experience at that salon, that not all salons in the industry were like that. And I was determined 
to create a safe, fun, inspiring environment, again, filled with friendship. And so I opened my own salon and that's it. That's the history. <laughs> I'm going on seven and a half years of my salon and my salon family with all my beliefs of babes. And I like cannot be more grateful for them. And my, yeah. Anyway. Yeah. So that's my story. So you've had Beleza for seven years? So I've had Salon Beleza for seven and a half years. Wow. wow. Yeah. And when you originally opened it up, what was it? Like, what did you guys do there? Hair? Or? So when I originally opened it up, we did hair, pedicures, nails. That's it. And waxing. We did some waxing. Okay. And it was in a different space than it is now. And it was a lot smaller. Yeah. And it was, my husband's amazing and builds, I dream it, he builds it. So he... Just like like construction wise, mm-hmm. oh, that's oh that's cool. so yeah. Nice. So it, yeah, it's really nice. <laughs> handy husbands are the hottest husbands. Yeah. He hates it when I call him handy. So <laughs> sorry, McKinley. <laughs> but yeah, it's been a fun journey. So I just recently finished building my second location of Salon Blaza and closing the first. It was a really really interesting experience, but I'm so grateful to be pretty much done. So that. how how big was your first space? Oh gosh, I don't know, like. 1,300 square feet. Oh, that's pretty big. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Ours is 700. Yeah. It's like double the size. I was just telling her, <laughs> the right word. You guys make it look so open, though, and everything's placed just right. I sit there looking at my huge space. And I'm like, how do I fit all this in? It's going to look stuffy. So you guys are coming over. You're going to help me set up my <laughs> academy. All I'm serious. It's hard when you have a big room, like yeah. a big open space to make it look... I don't yeah. know, because you want to fit all the space in, but you don't want it to look like a million beds. No, and, and you don't want to close it off and yeah. make it feel stuffy. Yeah. You guys do such a good job. Thank you. So, Thank you. I love it. So how big is your new space? Oh, shoot. These are hard questions. <laughs> I know, I know this, but I'd say it's like probably 3,200. Wow. Like, so you like more than doubled in size. Oh, yeah. Dang. So did you, did you have 22 girls working for you in the original location? I would say that we got up to like... I shouldn't, I mean, I'm guesstimating right now because no, I can't really remember, but it was probably like 17. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you... And we were booty bumping. I mean, the back room was like, excuse me, you know, it was just yeah. super stuffy and um, the girls were so patient with me. I sometimes look back at that space and I'm like, man, they must have really loved me because <laughs> that was not very special. So I was so grateful when I was able to finally create like a more, a home that they deserved to work in. Yeah. Like more. Modern and maybe a little more trendy. Yeah. Little we don't booty bump as much anymore, <laughs> but we probably will get there again. Hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> so my question is how, like, have you seen the industry change in the last seven years? I want to know that. And I also want to know how it's been like dealing with employees. Have you had to let people go? Like, like how is it when people come and go and like building that part of the business? Cause that's hard. Yeah. These are really good questions. You might have to remind me of this okay. first one. Again. <laughs> To be honest, um, I mean, I didn't have an Instagram for my business until probably three years ago. Like I didn't even have Instagram. And back when I started, you know, I would reach out to different salon owners sometimes or people. And I think the industry had a a different mindset than it does now. I think Mm -hmm. our generation and the movement of abundant mindset is something that we've all taken on and kind of, you know, spread. Yeah like such a great thing for the industry because it's evolving. I think personally quicker than I've ever, I think it ever has in the history of the beauty industry because everyone's sharing tips and tricks and it's pushing other people to get better and evolve and go to the next level and then share more tips and more tips. And I just think it's such a cool thing to see because when I started, I remember reaching out to salon owners and they would be like, no, I'm sorry. I can't help you. You know, just for even stupid questions. Like what software do you use to book? Cause I didn't know anything you guys, Yeah. like nothing. I'm not a hairstylist. I'm not an esthetician. I don't have any crazy licensing. I just knew I wanted to create something bigger than me. And that mm-hmm. was inspiring and beautiful and like filled with like friendship. And that seems like a noble goal, but then it's like freaking hard. <laughs> so <laughs> I think I went into it with the right mindset and some tenacity and worked through it, but I will say it took me a lot of learning curves. So if you saw my first one to like today, you'd be like, those have to be two different people. But <laughs> And, um, okay. Your second question. Did that answer your first question? Yeah. And I think that's good to hear because like we talk about it a lot on here, but 
I think people forget that everyone starts somewhere. And so they see these, like, beautiful salons or Instagrams or whatever or this huge clientele. And they're like, oh, my gosh, I'm never going to get there. But, like, we all started. We all were scrappy when we started. We're still being scrappy Mm -hmm. with building our business. Like, you just have to go with what you have. And sometimes it's not the greatest. No. But you just got to work it and people will come. It's funny because I actually was just talking about this this morning with the girls at my salon in the back room. Just that feeling of... I think it's easy to share your trials in, in your business as an entrepreneur once you've conquered them. Like it's yeah. easy to be like, I'm a badass. I made, you know, I built my salon and it's awesome. But one of the most vulnerable things I did during my time building this new salon was going on my social media and saying, I'm in the thick of it. I mm-hmm. have sleepless nights. I cry myself to sleep. I don't know if it's going to work out, you know, and it's just really hard. And I ended up making mistakes with my building permits and had to tear out almost $17,000 worth of building and have to get different permits. And they held my permits for almost six months. And it was just super scary the time. And, and I didn't know if I was going to make it. And I have all these employees that depend on payroll and checks and I'm paying for two spaces at that point. And I used up what I had saved for the business. And it was just a super scary time for me. But I also was putting on this, like the most exhausting part was putting on this successful front. Mm Mm-hmm. And still wanting people to believe in my businesses and my motto, but also realizing I made huge mistakes that were possibly going to take me under. So I think it's, there's obviously balance. I'm not saying you have to share everything, but I will say that the strength I got from sharing little pieces, at least, of my journey along the way was so important. And I realized how important it was to be vulnerable. And I got so much encouragement from my social media account. So many people messaged me. It's kind of like that beauty community just kind of lifting each other and it just it was good yeah and I think people like I definitely noticed that in people that I follow and people like you want to be able to connect and we're all human and we're all make mistakes and like it's so good to see like I mean that sounds bad but it's like refreshing to be like oh my gosh I'm not the only one that's struggling to build a clientele or to build this business or to get employees or whatever it is but sometimes because you don't want to air all your dirty laundry. No. So then that's hard. It's a hard balance. Well, but you want to make sure your employees are able. I mean, you want to hire more. That was my balance. It's like, okay, I pay payroll every week. And I want to make sure nobody is scared for their job while I'm building this new salon. So how much can I really share yeah. about where I'm at without scaring them off or yeah. not being able to grow my business? So it's that balance, too, of being real, but also not <laughs> knowing how to air you're like, I need support, but I can't tell you. Everything. But like, you want to be professional and but you I, want it. I'm yeah. going to get through this and I'm going to fight hard for my business. And I fought really hard and I worked really hard to make it happen. And to be honest, every time I put it on paper, it was never going to work out. And it somehow did. And I really think I contribute that to my tenacity. <laughs> I'm serious. I was not going to let it fail. Yeah. So I did whatever it took. And some people would say I was crazy for some of the links I went to and how much I spent. But... I am so grateful at this point to look back and say it was worth it. I'm so glad I didn't give up. Yeah. So. Well, I think that's really what it takes to make it in this it industry. Does. If you, especially if you want to own a salon or have a staff, like you don't have that tenacity, you're gonna go, you're gonna get burnt out real quick. Totally. Oh yeah. And I think a lot of people don't have that, so you should be proud that you have that Thank because you. there's a lot of strength in that, and there's a lot of people who lack that. Yeah. Like that's a good quality is what I'm trying to say. I think it's like you guys are saying, I think some people think they see these salons, like when people tell me, I'm going to open a salon, do you have advice for me? I'm always like, do you, are you, are you going to be okay? <laughs> it's, like, it's not an easy thing. There's so many learning curves. You cannot be prepared to be an entrepreneur without like being sure that you're going to stick with it. You know, it's just hard oh, yeah. to prepare somebody for the unknown. And there's so much risk that you have to take and be willing to take. And so I always say this, I always, I had a friend actually say this to me at the beginning when I wanted to quit. She said, never ask yourself on the bad days if it's worth it. Always ask yourself on the good. So whenever I'm driving home and I have that amazing feeling of like, oh my gosh, I'm creating this and it feels so good. I say, is it worth it? I'm like, yes. But I really, the days that are hard, I'm like, don't ask yourself. <laughs> like, don't ask. Yeah. But yeah. Like so anyway, I do think it's a little bit more than what people think mm-hmm, and yeah. There's a lot of hard work that goes into it. It takes years of like, for me at least, like I invested everything I made for years went back into my salon. I mean, it's just, I'm, 
you yeah. know what I mean? When you're rebuilding and growing and you have to be committed to what you're building because it gets old to work for free. Even oh, though yeah. you're just watching your salon grow, it's like, well, is it like ever going to end? Oh my gosh, <laughs> going to feel like cow? I'm working for money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so anyway, it, and I do, and I'm so grateful that I stuck with it, but it's definitely not always easy. You had asked a question about like staff. Mm-hmm. So last night when I was like trying to fill out your guys's form, I asked actually my salon because <laughs> we have these group chats and then Snapchat groups that we talk on all the time. And I was like, how would I answer this question? Like, you know, what, you know, just that question about what, what do I do different that, that in the industry? And the feedback that I got like really meant a lot to me. I actually got kind of emotional. The girl said, you know, what makes you so different and stand out is that you lead with your heart. And I will tell you that I, that's the best compliment they could give me because I genuinely care Mm -hmm. about everyone like that comes into my business, whether it's clients, um, my employees and you know, my students, I really, really care. And I, if nothing else, I hope people see that. But that being said, although I'm able to create a space that's filled with like friendship and, and, and handle things that I feel like in a way that's, um, I don't know, good, I guess. But because of that, I come from a heart space and I handle things well, but I, on the flip side, it's super hard when you, you know, have somebody that doesn't, that isn't a good fit that you have to let go of or that. Maybe like, I mean, there's things that have happened. I've had employees still for me. I've had people, you know, do things that I would never have expected would happen. And mm-hmm. I think it's just something that you go through and we're in an industry of working with people and people make mistakes. And, you know, while I wish I could give everyone three tries <laughs> in certain situations, there's just sometimes you have to say goodbye to protect the environment like you're creating I think one of the biggest things that my salon understands is that we don't talk about each other to each other. Yeah. It can become like so quickly an issue. I think if the girls come to me and say, Hey, I have this problem. I'll say, you know, here's my advice and go handle it with them, you know? Mm-hmm. And it doesn't happen a ton because the girls already do that. But when it does happen, that's my advice to them and, or I'll sit with you to handle it. But I think it's so important to realize that we can communicate and learn skills to communicate. And we're all, you know, adults, women that are strong and empowered and we can, I don't know, handle things in a way that's respectful to each other. So I think that's one area that's been good for me and that I have a zero tolerance for in my salon. It's just communication is really important. Mm -hmm. Oh, it has to be in this industry. Well, I think in every industry and in all aspects of life, but especially like when working with so many women, I feel like feelings get like involved and things get twisted and it's just like, you have to be able to communicate. And, like, on top of it all, we all have, like, different hormones going on yes. at different times. And so I feel like we're all, like, you know, more sensitive as women. And so there's, like, times where it's, like, because we've had that where things, ha- like, have happened and no one has said anything. And then it's, like, continued. And then, like, something little happens. Like, one girl would be like, this really bothered me. And I'm like, well, why didn't you tell me? Because yeah, it obviously it wasn't that. It was like three yes. months ago when this happened and yeah. you just like have been, yeah, it's just been building inside of you. And so that is something we have learned is like, if there is anything, like no matter how small it is, like you come tell us yes. right when it's happening. Yes. And even if it sounds dumb, like we appreciate it and we want to know like what's bothering you, whether it's with us or with clients or with just whatever it is, like we yeah. have to know that so we can like work it out. I so totally agree with that. Communication is communication. Yeah, we implemented check-ins with our employees mm-hmm. as often as they and booth renters <clears throat> as often as they feel they need. Like one girl think wants to talk to us every month to get things off her chest, and some girls are like, honestly, I'll just come to you when I need it. <laughs> yeah, but just so we can have that time for communication, I think it's really important. That to is do. such a good idea. With such a huge team, do you have anything like that in place, or do they just come to you when they need you? So I, you know, there have been on it. I'm. So I'm going to be honest, it's hard to be consistent in some of the little things like along the way, the best I can do most of the time is have my salon meeting every first Monday of the month. And I feel like I'm amazing if that happens and everyone's (laughs) there. Um, but as we've grown, I do take opportunity here and there to take them aside, show them their numbers, encourage them, ask them if there's any feedback they have for me or any issues. Um, I started to implement that and I found it to be really great. And then I kind of fallen off the wagon with it. 
Um, I luckily do have a staff that does come to me all the time though. So it feels like I don't like feel like it's like way necessary, but yeah, I will say that even you talking about them all, yeah, I should really put more structure or organization around that and do it. Yeah. Um, are all of the girls on your team employees then? So I have both booth renters and commission. So one thing that I do that I had to learn the hard way is I do a 30 day trial period with all my employees. So they come on to the staff. (laughs) And the reason I implemented this, um, is not only because I think it's because I want to have some influence over them when they're being like, um, open, more open. Yeah. Sometimes if you're just like, you're hired, we accept you the way you are and with your experience that you have, they just kind of roll with it and it can bleed into the structure of the salon. So one thing I do is I say, you have 30 days to show us that you're on time to your appointments, how you interact with clients. I mean, this is after their extensive, like I do like two interviews and a model and all of that. But, um, and I say during the 30 days, I'm going to take the opportunity to take you aside several times. I'll give you feedback along the way. And, um, you can kind of get a feel for the structure and the feeling of the salon. It's also good because I think it gives a chance for my salon family, like all the amazing women there to have an influence on them. Mm -hmm. I've had girls come to me months later and say, you know, I was kind of gossipy at my last salon or I wasn't like the nicest and I was kind of had a wall up and a defense. And when you hired me and you said that it wasn't like that here, I was like, oh, we'll see. And, you know, I've, she was this one in particular that I'm referring to. She said, um, it's nice because as I was here more, I shifted into your energy and your, like the salon became good for me. And even though I maybe was prone to that because that's how it was in high school and beauty school and in the other salon, as I came into the salon, it became, I became vulnerable and my wall went down. And so I look for that. I think if one girl walks in with an I'm better than you attitude or a wall up, everyone puts a wall up. Mm-hmm. And I want walls. Yeah. I want everybody <laughs> to just down. support each other. It's breaking down. So. so are they paid during that 30 days? Yes. Yep. It's just like, you. it's not guaranteed after the 30 days. Yes. It's like, I, you know, it's a really good sign if I forget about the 30 days. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, you're just a good fit and you yeah. um, fit in. But I do take opportunity during that time to be very, very... Um, clear with them on feedback. Mm-hmm. Like, this isn't okay. This is okay. I noticed this. This is how we do it. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's just a good chance for us to make sure without them feeling like for sure, you know? Yeah. So best thing I ever did for my hiring is the 30 days. So I will say that I am unconventional in this. And I don't know that this is the most successful way, but I built very slowly. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm talking like I hire and then I let them build for a few months and then I'll hire again and let them build. And I, most of my staff has been with me for a years. Time. I mean, one girl's been with me for seven. She's my first hire and she's still there. So that's amazing. So, thank you. I take a lot of pride in that. I think we all are, um, and they're so patient with me and they teach me so much. Not being a hairstylist, I think I'm at a disadvantage owning a hair salon, like majority hair. And it's so nice to have this staff that supports me and is always giving me feedback and not complaining. There's a difference between like complaining and feedback. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Where they're like, give you feedback and then they're patient mm-hmm. as you like continue to invest in the space. And I just cannot anyway, say more like how grateful I am that they're so patient and so, and that they've hung in there with me through all the learning curves. But yes, I built really slow. We go through my manager interviews first and kind of make sure that they're, she knows what I'm looking for. And, and then I do interviews once a month and, and they come in and I do an interview and then we do a model after that. And it's kind of like, an, some of the girls are like really three interviews. Like where am I, am I working at Google? <laughs> but I really am so picky. And I also really want them to know that they are Seriously. lucky to be there. It Once they come in, they are part of a community that I think doesn't always exist in the mm-hmm, industry. Yeah. And I have, I'm so grateful for it. And I always feel like I'm like kind of handing them this gift. Like, here you go. Here's all, mm-hmm. you know, here's your salon family. Like you're welcome. They're amazing. Yeah. You now have this support group and these friends and people to help you and lift you. And these girls are not competitive with each other. It's so cool to watch them helping each other and lifting each other. And I don't know. It's just, I love my salon family. And I have built super slow. 
So I don't know if that's the right answer, but no, it kind answer. of helps people to adjust and just, so if you look back, I mean, seven years to have 22 isn't that much. I've watched salon owners open and have 22 right off the bat. So I think I'm actually, maybe not, I don't have as many as I could, but I love where I'm at. I'm yeah. really grateful. No, I think that's good advice. So how, like, I'm just curious, because we don't do hair and so we don't have hair in here. Right. I don't even know how we would have hair. Like, I wouldn't even know where to start. So how right. is it, like, doing hair, like, having a hair salon but not doing hair? Is, was that challenging? They helped me a lot. I think it's I was definitely at a disadvantage. There's times that, you know, I structured things in the computer or the software, and they would be like, really? Or I'd be answering phones for a while, and I didn't understand, like, the booking. And a hair is, like, especially hard because you don't know how long to book. Like, I feel like every client is different, different times time. and Oh, I don't know how people. So right now our friend do their does. books. Yeah, I, I really hair. don't. They are. It's, it's yeah, <laughs> but I do. They they've just been really patient. I do. I was definitely at a disadvantage, and I think everyone's always surprised to hear I'm not a hairstylist or anything. I mean, I do permanent makeup now, but I'm I'm not really like licensed in the industry to that like crazy extent. I just yeah. love it. It's cool. <laughs> I just like hanging out with my girlfriends all day, and yeah, and that's another thing too. I think I get. At first, I got a lot of flack that, I don't know, there's like this um, belief that you can't be a boss and be a friend at the same time. Mm-hmm. And I think that when I, you know, I actually had an employee leave and tell me that as she was leaving my very first year, it was like a really tough situation. And, um, and I thought to myself, like, well, that's why I did this, like. I want to hang out with my girlfriends. I want to feel the support of women. Women are important to me. I get so much lift from them. And if I can't be friends with the people I work with, I'm with my, you know, you're at your job, yeah. like more than half of your life. So mm-hmm. it's, if I can't be friends with the people I'm working with and feel safe and comfortable, like what, what's the point? So I know that people believe that, but I can genuinely say that I do it. <laughs> And I feel like there's a lot of respect that comes because we're friends. Mm-hmm. And I also feel like they take my feedback and they respect me. And, you know, um, I don't know. But I do feel like um, that belief is something that I don't like. Because why can't we feel comfortable? And, I mean, it doesn't mean that we're not also very professional and yeah, stuff. Yeah. But I just, anyway, it's something I really love about Cause there was a moment there when she said that where I was like, well, then I don't want to do this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is like the whole, point. I don't want to be if I'm, if I can't yeah. do both. So anyway, I feel like I've really worked hard to make sure I create even for me, the energy that I want into the expectations for me. Yeah. So anyway, I love hearing your experiences. It's just so cool. Cause we haven't even been open a year in our studio and there's little things that I noticed. And so it's just like, okay, everyone goes through that. But I feel like at the first, it was hard because we wanted to, like, seem like we knew what we were doing. Yes. So we wanted to be more, like, would you agree? Kind of, like. I don't know where you're going with this. <laughs> like, we, we, like, wanted to act more of the boss than, like, the friend at first. Because we wanted people to, like, take us serious. Yes, like, yeah. we know what we're doing. Here's our meetings. Here's this. And I feel like it was, like, I don't know. <laughs> I feel like I've learned a lot. It yeah. made it hard on me and on the staff. And now... I'm curious if you agree. Okay, this is my thoughts. I like it. I haven't really thought about this until you were... there's, like, a right or a wrong way. And that's the part that gets me. It's, like, everyone has this, like, you have to do it this way or it has to be that way or do it, you know, and I'm just kind of winging it. Like, I don't... I just follow my heart and try to, you know, but there's not a wrong or right way. And I tried to be, you know, I tried to do it... Well, anyway, it's a learning curve yeah. in every way. So whether you're too serious or not enough, it's like you're yeah. going to have to learn the balance. And Well, I just feel like I haven't thought about this until you're talking about it. And I'm like, yeah. oh, I, yeah, I do feel like at the beginning I was, maybe it was just me, but I felt like I was like wanting to put on this front of like, yes. I'm the owner. And I felt like you said, like all those yes. walls went up and I do. And looking back now, I do feel that. And now that we've been able to like, we've had like retreats and we've had more meetings and I've part of it probably is just getting to know people yes, too but yeah. now I feel like it is so much more of like a team and friendship and I feel like everything has been like Better. so much smoother in like yeah. all areas of the business I'm going to agree and disagree with you I personally didn't feel that way because I managed a pizza store for right. seven years teenagers so <laughs> I had to be their friend because they were going to cry if I was mean to them but I also had to manage yes. and be strict when I needed to be so I feel like I definitely learned a lot there that I've pulled into this business. And also, this isn't my first 
salon having a team, I feel like we've done a way better job here than I've ever done in the past. But I also think it was who was on the team. Yeah. When we began, we hired anyone that was cute. We would be like, come work for us. It'll be so right. much fun. And it bit us in the butt where we had to be more strict because lots of gossip was happening. They were talking about us behind our backs and twisting things. And we we're like, okay, that can't be done. Like, we had to be more serious. Don't you agree? Yeah, I do agree. And, and now we've established our core values, which we didn't have in the very beginning. Yeah, I think it was both, uh, all, like, we didn't, it just wasn't structured, structured, but we were, we were being the boss, but there was no why behind it. Yeah. Which okay. now our team is, I mean, the people that were causing problems, we did themselves out and we have our core values. So like from here forward, we're way closer friends with everybody because we can be, because they respect oh, the business behind the business. it and us. Yeah, that's really good. And I think, you know, I think people that own salons or in the industry are, find it hard to admit. Maybe they even see me and think, well, she's probably never experienced like anyone talking about her behind her back or (laughs) she has this like friendly group of salon. I mean, there's definitely been times through my seven years of owning a salon (laughs) where I have had to, I've had some heartbreak of Mm -hmm. like, you think you're on the same page with someone. And then the next thing you know, it's like, you're not, it's like, it can be really devastating. And anyway, and, and running my business and I still choose it, even though it does make it a little bit more painful along the way here and there. And even like losing, I mean, we just said goodbye to one of our stylists and we did a dinner and then we did, you know, video and then we did, like, we're just so obsessed with each other. But I just feel like, um, even losing her, I, you know, I genuinely, I cry. I, it's like, oh my gosh, her energy won't be here anymore. Like how will we go on? And somehow we do when other people come in and it's great, but it's, it's worth it to, you know, the pain is worth having that vulnerability in my business. And, but I will say to anyone out there looking at other salon owners and being like, you know, or any type of entrepreneur where you have employee and thinking that it's just easy. There's, we all face the same things, Mm -hmm. you know? I mean, some of us may be in different areas than others, but I've definitely felt that sick feeling in my stomach of, oh my gosh, I thought she liked me. <laughs> like, that sucks. <laughs> you know? And I, at the beginning of my um, my second year, I found out that one of the employees that I really thought liked me, and I had, like, helped her move and gotten to know her family, and I really genuinely thought <laughs> we were friends, which maybe I sound dumb saying this, but she was totally trying to open her own salon and had tried to recruit all of my employees and go down the road. And, and I was so devastated and so hurt and no one went and it didn't happen, but it was just this feeling of betrayal that I didn't even know how to process because I genuinely thought she liked me. So anyway, I've definitely faced the heartaches that go along with learning how to be lead in a heart space Mm -hmm. and also like be committed to my business. So anyway, yeah. Well, yeah, and I appreciate you being so open and honest because I'm sure these, like, heartaches and these trials and these hard parts about business are not unique to me or you or, uh, you know what I mean? Like, everyone experiences it, and I feel like a lot of times on the podcast and in conversations, like, again, people want to keep, want to give the good advice and they want to say the things, and then there's a lot of times after where we'll sit, we'll sit with the mics off. interview, we mics off like an hour before, an hour after, and then it gets like way real. And I'm always like, dang it, I wish we would recorded that because <laughs> totally. like, like there's so much that I don't know. I just appreciate you being honest and like sharing that because I think people are gonna relate and connect with it, and oh, yeah. it'll be really helpful because yeah, I'm. There have been, I'm going to be honest, even when you asked me to do the podcast, I think it was like last October or something. Like the first time I was like, I am not feeling like a badass right now. Like (laughs) I cannot inspire anyone with where I'm at. And I've come to learn these last few months. I'm like, you know what? You do have to just be real. It was at a point where I was so exhausted of traveling and working so hard and trying to get the construction finished and you reach out and I'm like so depleted. I'm all, I have nothing inspiring to say. It's like, don't do what I did and not get your permits. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? So I think, but then I was really upset with myself looking back. Like, yeah, it's easy to talk about it after, you know, kind of mm-hmm. like what I said before, once you're out of it, yeah. you're out of it and you're like, yeah. I did it. I'm amazing. <laughs> but it is so important to talk about it. You know, the hard as you're going and, and so just cause it's more inspiring. It's, you can help other people who are going through it. And I've learned that. 
the hard way. So I also think there's two other lessons that come from that. One, it's okay to say no when you're feeling depleted. Yes. And two, we don't get sad if you say no, you're not coming on the podcast. So but here you are in April. Yes. Like, we just kept trying. <laughs> we love you guys. We did give up. I'm so glad because I really I want you guys to know how much I love what you're doing. And I know that I don't know you like personally super well, but watching from afar there in Saratoga Springs, <laughs> 40 minutes away, I am so impressed. And you're doing something for the industry that I think is so, so important. And I just am inspired by it. I love it. And I could not be more grateful to be in the industry here in Utah with you guys. You guys yeah. are such like inspirations Thank to you. me and what you're creating and what you represent. I think it's so great. That is so nice. Wow, the energy so is awesome. Thanks. I mean it. So I was like feeling so privileged that you wanted me to because I look <laughs> up to you guys a lot. So Well, and we look up to you and you're doing the same building the industry with not only your team, but you teach a lot of courses yes. and you're investing a lot in your education. So you're not just teaching crap <laughs> courses because yes. I do feel like there's a lot of that going on in the industry. Yes. Um, one question we asked on the pre- we send out a questionnaire before we do the podcast. We ask how much you time or money you invest in your continued education. Do you yes. want to like repeat your answer? <laughs> because we were like very inspired by it. It is like, I mean, it is tens and tens and tens of thousands of dollars. And it's not just education. It's products. Mm -hmm. I order everything and I try everything. And I probably write off, not kidding, at least $15,000 worth of product a year at least just to call it experimental product on my like yeah, form and I just want it's not I think some people think oh I took a class and now I'm you know I'm ready to rock I'm ready to rock. Yeah, I mean this is a continuing it. thing the industry is evolving at a pace that it never has especially the permanent makeup industry and if you are not keeping up or you're staying loyal to techniques or brands that are like falling behind you will not excel and I just think it's so important to be loyal to the best and be searching and to be, I'm not saying just take any class. I do not just take any class. And I go to probably a continued education once a month to every like three months. Mm -hmm. And I travel. I go to Vegas. I go this last weekend. I went to St. George for a class. And I go because I'm inspired by them. Mm -hmm. I can feel like in my, that sounds cheesy, but like in my heart. I seriously get kind of Twitter-pated watching their feeds. I like want to learn from them. I feel this inspired feeling. Like, I have to get closer to that person and, like, learn from them and just, like, feed off their energy because, like, Brow Daddy is one of my favorites in the mm -hmm. industry, and I'm obsessed with him. I booked another class with he him. I can't so get good. enough of him. Mm -hmm. He's so good. I'm like, I'm going to pick his brain a little more and a little more. Yeah. So I – anyway, so, yeah, I would say that it's a never-ending, very important part of the process. Yeah. Another thing I like that you said is that it's not just permanent makeup trainings you're taking. You're taking business yes. ones and – other things like okay, other things like that. Um, what else did you say you're taking? Yeah, I do business classes. I'm always searching products. I I'm not gonna lie. I read probably at least one to two self help books a month, like business yeah. books, because I I don't even have. I mean, I'm not ashamed to say this. It is my journey. I think education is so important, but I personally don't even have a high school diploma or a GD. Like I've built my business and my journey on you know, hard work and the desire to be better and use my strengths to my advantage. And maybe some people would think, and I'm not telling anyone, oh, you don't need it, jump out. But I will say that everyone's journey looks different. Yeah. And yeah. I'm okay with where well, I'm that's at. That's amazing. And I, I'm enough. And I will continue to work really hard to be better in my field and read a ton of freaking books from people that know more than me mm -hmm. and try to be like the best I can be and be as successful as I can. So yeah. anyway. I like that too. And they always say, like, you're the, you are the five people you hang out with. And so yes. like, I do always think about that. And I'm like, I want to hang out with people who are better than me and who are more <laughs> successful and who know more. And sometimes like, it, it is, is through books or yes. it is through podcasts. Yes. Like it doesn't have to through, be. It could be through social media. Yeah. I only, yeah. when I get on to stop wasting time, I only look at my five favorite people that are educational or inspiring in some way. Such a good idea, you guys. I love that. And then once I'm done looking at them, that usually takes like 30 minutes. I'm like, okay, I got to get off this app. But then I feel like uplifted and inspired yes, every time. That is such a great, I've never even thought of that. It is. It's not just the people you're starting yourself. It's, it's so good. Like who you're reading. <laughs> yeah. But I think that's why I try so hard to search out those that inspire me. And mm -hmm. you two are seriously, I'm, I've been talking on with you on social media for a while about coming by, but am I that I go stand by them? Like they have good energy. <laughs> like I want to learn from them and get to know them and 
I think it's important to find the people that inspire you or that you connect with and their yeah. energies, even through social media. Mm-hmm. And then search mm-hmm. them out and become friends with them. Make know? it real life. Like, learn together and give each other advice. Yeah, so. and like you were saying with your classes, like, how you're like, I'm taking another class from him, but yep. I want to pick his brain. Like, yep. those connections are sometimes more valuable than, like, what you learned in the class, which is making connections with people in the industry and having yes. that support. But I do have a question for you because yeah. we do get asked a lot by um, microblading artists or permanent makeup artists, like, how do I fill my books when it's only a one-time service? And we're always like, man, that's hard because our services are every two weeks, every six weeks, every four weeks. And so we really don't need to have that many clients. But when it is permanent makeup, like, do you have any tips or tricks or advice or... Um, so I think that... Instagram is your best friend. Mm-hmm. I should be embarrassed to admit this, but I'm launching my websites for both my salon and brow business only next week. <laughs> like, I've never had either. It's all on wow. Instagram. And I will say that Instagram has been, you know, I traveled everywhere at the beginning of my teaching to Nashville and Arizona and Idaho and California. And I really did find those students. And I have people flying in from everywhere to take my classes and it's from Instagram. (laughs) So I just feel like if you can continue to build your Instagram, really put content out there, take good pictures and accommodate your clients, make sure they're happy and look amazing at the end. You know, if there's a little spot, get it. Mm -hmm. Like I really pride myself in the fact that my clientele is, I would say like 80% referral. And that to me says a lot about that they're seeing my healed work walking around and asking, not just that before and after picture. Or yeah. So take care of your clients, making sure that you're, you know, just keeping up on Instagram. But the other thing that's good, though, about our part, like the industry, in the sense that, okay, I have my girls that do hair, and they always get super nervous to raise their prices. It's mm-hmm. like, this clientele I just built, I'm so worried that this extra 10 bucks is going to make it so I lose, you know, hours worth of clients a week and I just don't know how to do it. They're so nervous. And I'm just like, when I want to raise my prices, I'm all, no one will okay, I'm going to go ahead and jump a hundred dollars. Like, yeah, I feel like I've just t- finished taking all these classes. I'm feeling so confident. I'm going to go ahead. I just went up in my price just this month and I, it was easy. Mm-hmm. Like it's super easy. It's like none of my previous clients, you know, it's not like I have to inform everyone that I've yeah. gone up a hundred dollars. It's like, no one's none the wiser. So in this industry, there's all in the permanent makeup industry, although it might be hard to build your clientele in that way um, because it's only every six weeks or every eight weeks. Um, but stay patient. Mm-hmm. Permanent makeup is really good for money. <laughs> Very like, I mean, I'm just, it's a lucrative industry. Oh, yeah. If I'm being, yeah. I mean, you, you average out. I mean, even if you charge on the low end of Utah, it's like 400. I mean, you could easily make six figures by working four days a week. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just not... So it's just important to be patient with it and realize, you know, if you were working for 10 bucks an hour, you're going to make the same amount if you're just doing one client at first. Yeah. So I think it's okay to just take your, be confident. Um, also one thing that um, I've had teachers and instructors that I've gone to that you would never think have um, given away a free service. Cause I don't like the feeling of discounts. I think here I am on social we media saying on that. I'm the best in the, I'm like I work hard. I take classes yeah. from the best. I care so much. I am so committed to my craft. And then it's like, and here's 20% off. It's like this conflicting energy that I mm-hmm. feel like happens when you're doing discounts and also trying to be the best. The best. And yeah. I don't think it makes sense to people and it's confusing and you can attract the wrong clientele. And so anytime I do offer discounts or want to try new, um, services or a different technique or whatever, I reach out, you know, like just barely, I took a class last weekend and I'm so pumped to, and I got 10 models for next week and I discounted their service, but I didn't like post I'm doing a discount or talk about that on my social media because that stuff I'll do in the DMS. Um, yeah. or I had one teacher and I'm going back to that where he told me, and you would never think, but he told me that he actually, even if he's going through a drive through and he sees like a really pretty girl, He'd be like, I'm going to do your brows for free. Just because the value that comes from having her face on his feed mm-hmm. yeah. with his work on it, it's like 3,000 new followers. <laughs> you know what I mean? So yeah. I think some of those pictures can go viral and people, it's it's content for your feed and um, Instagram is going to be your best friend. So I haven't done that yet, but it's something I keep in the back of my mind since taking that training last 
this last couple months is just like, huh, like if I see somebody and I want to, you know, really in, they're not wanting their brows done, but I'm like, okay, you would look great on my feed. Like, let's do your brows. It's just important to know that you're, but also not to do it for free, but know that you're getting value from whatever you're doing. Like mm-hmm. he does it for free, but then gets all these followers or goes viral or whatever. Yeah. So anyway, just, I don't know if that all makes sense, but just little no, ideas that, that I'm trying to incorporate into my building of my clientele. Yeah. So. I have one other thing yeah. because I don't do a ton of permanent makeup anymore, but I still do microblading. We call it maiden blading. Woo-woo. On brand. <laughs> yeah, girl. And I do eyeliner, but I never post it. However, I feel like once you have the client, they don't really know who else to go to, so they're yours for life. Yes. But a way that I make sure of that is before they leave, I make sure they book their touch-up and their one-year appointment. I love that. Because guess what? Next year, they're usually like, well, I don't know what I'm doing in March of 2020, but I'm like, okay, well, let's just put a date. It's going to send you a text, and we can move around if you have to. I would say from this year, I started doing it last year. 90% came on the day they were actually yes, scheduled. me too. I yeah. was like, oh, I don't know if they're going to come. Like, they didn't say anything, and then they all showed up. I was like, what the heck? And one girl and had to move. it comes fast. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. It comes fast, and you're like, oh, wow. Like, <laughs> I, when I booked your appointment for a year out, it feels like it's never going to come, and then all of a sudden you're doing all your year, all of your yearlies, and I do. I If you're not anticipating that, like, you could really let your clients down. Mm-hmm. Well, and then they're going to go for two years without getting a touch-up, yeah. and they're going to be with these and brows that are faded, and you're like, no. yeah. Okay, gotta get stamp on your touch-ups. <laughs> it's your business card out there on their face. Yes, I totally agree. But yeah, make sure they're booking for the year That's before. That's so good. Mm-hmm. And I always say, if they're like, oh, I don't know what I'm doing next year, I always say, well, if the price goes up, you're going to lock in this price. And that always gets them. <laughs> yeah, I love that. That's really good. So that's my tip. I love it. I love that. This has been a good it. episode. I know. So much fun. I know I could talk to you guys for hours. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't do our high-low. I guess we do it really quick. Yes. <laughs> I, I was ready. What? You were? Yeah. Okay, you can first. Start. Okay, I'm going first. Okay. So I'm going to start with my low so we can, so then I end up positive. But so sometimes, you know, you leave the office really late. So I left my salon at like 11 p.m. No one was there. I was just like doing inventory and getting ready to leave. And I forgot that I parked my car like right outside my teaching studio. There's like a little secret door passageway in the alley between the two buildings. And it was snowing and icy, and I went out. I'm on the phone with my husband, like, okay, babe, if you hear me scream, call the police, you know, yeah. stupid. <laughs> and it's super dark, and I'm like, I'm just going to open all the doors and check everything and make sure there's no, you know, mm-hmm. serial killers in my car. It's very logical, <laughs> but irrational, I guess. But anyway, so I open up all the doors. I go to open my back door, and I fall. I legit fell on my flat on my back. Oh, no. And I knocked the wind out of myself. And I couldn't breathe. I have not knocked the wind out of myself as an adult. You know when you're a kid and you fall? Yeah. It was awful. And my husband just hears, like, the scuffle and his paw. And, like, hello? Hello? My phone's, like, laying on the ground. And I just laid there. Like, I couldn't move. And what there was a serial killer, he would get me. Um, And then my good thing was that I went to, I love continued education, just like you guys. Um, And I went to Lexi Bowler. Have you guys heard of her? Mm -hmm. Okay. I'm obsessed with her. I went to her... um, class this last week her advanced education course in St. George mm-hmm. and I'm like still on a high over it it was so amazing and then I went back to my hotel because I went there by myself and drove in the snow to get there oh my gosh and I turned off my phone and slept in the next day until noon oh well, that's high yeah like I like closed the blinds I didn't have an alarm waking me up or my little boy like pulling my eyelids open or jumping on me <laughs> it was the best I felt so rested but then I slept past my time of checkout so but it was still worth it <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> but anyway, I those are my highs and lows this week. Those are good. Well, I when you were telling that story, I was like, oh yeah. My low is that it snowed the other day. Yeah. And it was like so warm the week before. And then it snowed. And then now it's warm again. So I guess it's a low and a high. <laughs> um my high is man. My high. What's my high? <laughs> There's been a lot of good things happening in my life. Do you know yours? And then I'll just like... I can only think of two highs. I need to think of a low. Oh. One oh. high is that... Um, actually, maybe that could be a low because it could be... Hold on. What? Oh, shoot. <laughs> I just lost my other one. <laughs> you guys should have like a list because you do this, right? On every podcast? Yeah. yeah. So you I, should have like a prepared like every I, I try to, but then I sometimes <laughs> forget. Shoot. I just had two and I forgot both. You had two highs. I know. Those are so good. Those are good. Thank you. Who's gonna say? 
Did you like look at what well, I was going to say? Week? One of my highs, but potentially no, this is my low, but it's all actually kind of a high. Um, I don't know if you know, but Maddie's pregnant. You are. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh my gosh! Congratulations! Thank you. Thanks. Are you like announcing it? Like I haven't. I can. I've like announced that on my personal, but I haven't like said it on here so people know. But some people don't know. I don't so know. for those of you that don't know, you just found out. <laughs> I was going to say I'll Yay! cut this part out. But maybe I'll keep no, because it has to be. It has to be because because she's pregnant. She's craving. She's friend Zupa, so she wants to go to Zupa's every day. So it's like a high, but also like draining <laughs> our bank account. That's so funny because I was gonna, I was like, that's like been obviously a big high. Everything going on, but I'm like, I don't know if I should say it or like oh my what. Gosh, I'm so happy. You can say it before me, and then I can say my. <laughs> well, my high is that my like morning sickness is gone. Yay! And that's so. Good. I'm like in the second trimester, and I'm just feeling better now. So good. That's so. How high. many weeks are you? Fifteen. Oh my gosh! So do you know what it is? No, I find out next weekend. Okay, oh I'm gonna be having you text me. <laughs> I know. That's amazing. Congratulations. I'm so excited. Thanks. So really yeah. excited for it's you. It's been fun. Good. I forgot my other. That's high. like a way high. Well, yours was kind of like a mix of like two birds with one. <laughs> <laughs> so that yeah. It's like high lows are hard. What do you have to think about? <laughs> and like we'll record multiple in a week, so it's like, oh my gosh. Yeah, that's true. What is happening? Yeah. And trying not to make them traffic or weather is like. Which you did better today. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but that snow came out of nowhere and it was deep. It really did. It actually, okay, that's another eye. It actually didn't snow in Ogden where we're from. Oh, that's good. But so once you drove home, it was like. But it was clear. the day I had to drive to Salt Lake, so the roads were still bad. But yeah, I spent the day in Salt Lake, so it still snowed. But, anyways, okay. Do you have anything else you want to say before we like wrap everything up? Is there anything that you, yeah, like want to share? Um, or didn't get to or. No, I don't think so. I, like I just like to know. super grateful to be here. You guys are so awesome. And yeah, I don't know. That's it. Should I put a plug in for myself? Um, yes. I'm actually going to be re- releasing my online permanent makeup courses for advanced education. It's for Yay. artists. And I've been filming that for the last few months. And I'm so excited. And that's that was another exciting. thing I kept putting off, like, oh, I'll lose 20 pounds and then I'll do it. Like, mm-hmm. it'll, you know, and it's yeah. just so important to start where you are and just, so again, that advice. Um, but yeah, I'm super ex- pumped. I can't wait to release it. I think it's something that the permanent makeup industry like needs and will mm-hmm. respond to. And I'm super excited about that. So is that be awesome. eyeliner, lips, and brows? Yes. So mostly machine work is what I'm starting out with. So I'll be releasing like 20 videos when I... And my websites. Watch for websites. <laughs> <laughs> Even though I should have had those out seven years ago. That's fine. But anyway, so I'm excited. But yeah, big things coming from... My, I've always got something big going on, I feel like, but yeah, I'm so excited. Cool. So, that is. Anyway. It's exciting. Thank and you. where can everyone find you on... It's like, where can they follow you? Where do you want them to go? Um, so, eventually... Yeah, come anymore. to my Instagram. And then you can see my website. I'm sure by then it will be linked on there. I don't know when you guys do this. Show. Don't touch that. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> touch the microphone. Um, I'm gonna hold it. No. Um, I am at beleza.brow.bar, and beleza is spelled B-E-L-E-Z-A. My personal Instagram is Janelle Fitz, and that's F-I-T-Z underscore Nano. And my salon Instagram is salon.beleza, and my permanent makeup Instagram is beleza.brow.bar. Okay, so. perfect. All right, guys, so check her Instagrams out, and while you're at it, be sure to check us out at Beauty Mavens Collective, and we'll see you next week. XO Beauty Mavens. Mavens.